Hello everyone and welcome to my new podcast. My name is Stanley Rappaport and I will and I will be the host of The Laws of Stan, a podcast aiming to shed light on the application of mathematics in the industry. The essence of this podcast revolves around exploring the, the impact of mathematics on various industries without delving into complex computations. The aim is to show how mathematics serves as a common language underlying problem analysis, definition and resolution in diverse fields. If mathematics scares you, and if you think this interview is not suitable for you, don't worry, we will take it step by step. So today, for this first episode, we will talk about the application of mathematics in the financial industry, and we will try to understand the basics of the mathematical reality behind it, trying to simplify it as much as possible. And what better way to talk about mathematical finance than by hosting a quantitative analyst from one of the world's most renowned banks. Please join me in welcoming Mr. Luca Ambrose, Assistant Vice President in Quantitative Analysis at Bank of America. Mr. Ambrose, I'm very happy to have you for this first episode. How are you feeling today? Uh, thank you, Stanley. Uh, I'm feeling well. Uh, thanks for the invite. I look forward to uh, discussing this topic with you. So without further ado, can you please introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about your background before entering your current position? So tell us more about your studies, your previous job and past experiences. Sure. So uh, my name is Luca Ambrose and I hold a PhD in particle physics uh, from the University of Oxford. Before my current position at Bank of America, I began my studies at the University of Bologna, where I completed both my bachelor's and master's degrees, specializing in particle physics. Uh, and my research prim primarily focused on data analysis on, of particle collision at the CERN uh, laboratory near Geneva. Okay, wow, quite a life, I would say. I'm, I'm sure my mom would be thrilled to adopt you. So thank you for this intro. Now let's talk about your uh, current position. What do you do now? In, in the intro, we said that you're working at Bank of America as a quantitative analyst. Can you tell us a bit more about your exact position within the bank? Sure. So I work as a counterparty credit risk quant uh, at Bank of America. So in, in this role, I'm responsible for developing and implementing quantitative models that assess and manage credit risk associated to various financial instruments, derivatives, basically. Um, more, in more in detail, I work uh, primarily on backtesting um, for the last two years. Okay, C can, you, can you explain a bit what backtesting is for, for those who, who don't know? Yes, so backtesting is the idea of, uh, for a given model, uh, to... Uh, test it against historical data. So a model usually makes predictions of future, of uh, future um, quantities. And the idea is to go back into the past and uh, try to use the model with the past configurations and see how it is actually performed. Okay, so, so w when you say a model, you, you mean that you create your own software to, to run those tests or like you, you, you create a, like a, sp a specific software just for, uh, for this type of work? So uh, the bank has implemented throughout many, many decades several um, mathematical models. Uh, you need to im imagine them as a starting literally from a, a theory paper, uh, mainly coming from stochastic calculus, 
um, it has implemented many models that uh, are able to um, predict uh, or uh, or at least give a certain scenario of the future for particular quantities such as uh, uh, oil uh, prices uh, probability of default um, and so on what okay. i'm currently doing in uh, in backtesting is a uh, writing a framework specifically in Python to validate whether the models are performing in accordance to our expectation or if they do need some sort of improvement. Okay, thank you. So, so can you explain for our listeners what a quant in counterparty credit risk is? And can you first explain in a very simple way what counterparty credit risk is? Yes, I will try to do my best. So counterparty credit risks in, uh, in simple term is the risk that one large institutional client for the bank. So imagine like a big company or another bank that deals with Bank of America. This big, uh, large client may default. So in this particular event, Bank of America could potentially lose uh, uh, a lot of money from this debtor. Counterparty credit risk ones uh, try to estimate uh, this specific risk, so uh, how much the bank needs to put aside, both for uh, their own internal stakeholders, but also for uh, regulatory requirements to make sure that uh, um, uh, there is no another uh, financial crisis like the one uh, caused in 2007. I hope uh, I gave you at least an idea. Okay, okay. Th thank you very much. So, so thank you for this introduction. Let's now delve deeper into the mathematical part of your job. So first of all, wh what is like the area of mathematics that a quant uses? First in general and then in your case, but is it more like a statistical approach, probabilistic, algebraic or analytic? Okay, so... All of these areas, I would say, are very important in, 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 a, in the quant jobs. Uh, regarding specifically backtesting, I would say um, um, I'm, I'm using daily uh, hypothesis testing, which is a specific branch of statistics. And, uh, which, which, which branch did you say? Hypothesis testing. Okay. So this is the theory that assigns a probability to a given model, for example, that is either good or bad. And uh, okay. depending on the outcome, we might want to, for example, improve our, our model or, uh, or maybe on the contrary, we are very happy and we uh, will continue using it. Okay, so, so it's mainly hypothesis um, testing. Uh, for for uh, my latest project, yes, but more in general, um, the model themselves are uh, based on uh, stochastic calculus uh, okay. which is a, a, um, a particular uh, um, field within mathematics that deals with uh, uh, random processes so, okay. so, so, yeah. so in your case um, for those who don't, who don't know what uh, stochastic processes is it's the evolution of uh, random variables over time, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, uh, it's uh, yes, it's all the studies that uh, encompass um, these random processes. So, in the financial world, uh, random processes, in some form or another, occur in in multiple shapes. So you 
can imagine like the instantaneous movement of a stocks when it goes up and down that can be modeled as a particular type of a stochastic process. And then uh, um, many models that the banks uh, owns are, um, uh, are trying to model this type of behaviors. Okay, so, so in, in, um, in more of a mathematical approach, we can say that like if, if you, you took the example of the price of a stock, but we could say that the price of a stock could be a collection of uh, random variables. So a collection uh, of random variables uh, evolving over time. And we can say it's uh, continuous time in that case. Yes, uh, that's the basic uh, uh, idea uh, uh, underlying the, um, the concept. Okay. Okay. So, um, how do you calculate and evaluate pr probabilities of, uh, default, uh, loss given defaults and exposure at default and like those computations, do you do them yourself or does a computer do it for you? And ca can you also please, uh, explain what those uh, financial terms mean default loss given defaults, etc. Okay. So this is a, like a, a very big uh, question that would probably require a, like a long seminar to uh, let me just try to uh, give a, a hint about these concepts so default probabilities are um, uh, as the name stands uh, is uh, the bank tries to assign to certain big customers uh, again imagine like another bank that for example is interacting with bank of america or another big company a certain probability that this uh, it would fail. Um, um, we, the bank um, as models uh, you uh, that try to estimate this probability. You an, an intuitive way to understand some of this model is based on past observation. Imagine if you uh, if you look in the last ten years how many banks uh, have failed, then you can, uh, you can kind of infer how many banks will fail in the next 10 years. So with this type of assumption, um, default probabilities are, are then uh, estimated. But I have to say, it's an extremely broad topic. Okay. In a nutshell, the bank, uh, the models try to simulate future scenarios based on, uh, on um, on a specific assumption. And then these scenarios are, 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 are generated with the aid of a lot of computing power. So you need to imagine like a huge computing grid where each individual CPU tries to simulate one specific scenario in the future. And then the collection of all the possible scenarios are then used to estimate, okay, is it likely or how likely is it gonna be that a default would occur for a specific um, counterparty. So in that case, you have to process a, a lot of data, right? Indeed, yes. Okay, and w when you when you do all of this data analysis to to uh, run those probabilities of uh, of default, um, do you still use the same software, or do you, do you, do you use like an alternative solution to to process all of those uh, information? So the models are, um, uh, are, are, are 
processed and uh, evaluated using um, uh, code that uh, has been internally written in the bank. Most of it uh, is uh, either in uh, C++ or Python. So with these two programming languages, the models have been written and uh, um, are, um, uh, yes, and the simulations uh, are run uh, on them. Okay. Um... In all of your uh, work, like in your position, is there another mathematical aspect? I mean, besides everything we mentioned earlier, but do you use like regression methods or uh, decision trees or something else to, uh, to, to do your job? Okay, so uh, I guess you're referring uh, mostly about um, uh, machine learning. So I have to say that, um, no, not in my current position. Before, when I was doing uh, research in particle physics, I, I was using them daily to identify specific, but uh, for example, very rare particle collisions amongst the billions of uninteresting collisions. In general, I have to say that machine learning models are very powerful. However, one of the downside is their low interpretability, since they can often behave uh, like a black box. And this is the key reason that they are not very often implemented in counterparty credit risk. Because when you are handling these uh, um, large risk, uh, you really want to understand what is going on and a black box may be uh, not the best tool to do it. Can, can you explain what a black box is? A black box uh, is a concept of, um, imagine a tool that uh, you know the input, uh, you can see the output, uh, but you really don't understand uh, uh, what is going on in the middle. I can give an example. For, for uh, us user, ChatGPT is a sort of a black box because we know uh, the question that we provide to ChatGPT. <laughs> in the, there is, it, it behaves like uh, it does something, we are not really sure what it does. It, it's good. And then we receive an output. Uh, so for our own use, uh, when you really want to be careful of every aspect that you are, uh, you are considering, this type of, uh, um, um, of behavior uh, can, can, can be critical. Okay. Okay. Thank you for this explanation. Um, can we just go back to what you mentioned earlier, which is uh, stochastic analysis? Um, when exactly do you have to, to use uh, stochastic processes? Because it's not, uh, it's not in the hypothesis te test and it's not in the, in the backtesting job, right? Yes, that's correct. So uh, usually other types of uh, quants, for example, front office quants that develop... Uh, uh, the models themselves, then, then we do backtest, uh, use a stochastic calculus uh, to make prediction for uh, various asset classes. So um, there are different roles and different types of quants in the bank. And I would say uh, the ones that, um, um, yes, are in the front office, that, that is that work closely with the trader to provide a price. Uh, are the ones that use uh, stochastic calculus the most. 
Okay, to evaluate, let's say, the, the price of a stock, the price of any uh, financial instrument, right? Derivative, um, mostly derivative, uh, uh, um, uh, derivative um, instruments, such as which like is a which is also a very complicated topic that we are not going to to develop right now. Yes, yes, it's a it's a complicated topic. A derivative is basically um, a financial instrument, so uh, a contract that depending on uh, an underlying uh, asset, such as a stock, may have uh, a particular value. So, but yeah, I agree with you. It's a, it's a complex topic. Can, that can you just give, give an example of uh, a derivative when you mentioned the, the underlying asset of a stock? Well, the, the simplest derivative uh, one of the, is uh, the, the vanilla call option, is called. So is, uh, is the right of uh, buying a stock for a given price. So with, uh, imagine that uh, you have uh, uh, in, in the market uh, uh, the stock of Tesla, I have no idea at the moment uh, uh, what is the, its uh, trading value, but uh, it's, uh, let's say it has a value of uh, $100. A call okay. option, if you were to have a call option at uh, strike uh, 110, it would give you the right in three months, let's say, to buy that stock for 110. Let's say you pay this collection $2. If in the future, uh, in three months, the value of the, of the Tesla stock is 120, then what I have, you can happen, you can exercise your call options. Um, um, uh, 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 and then uh, buy the stocks for uh, uh, 110 instead of the 120 value uh, in the market. Okay, uh, great. Um, th thank you very much. So um, may I please ask you uh, if it was your choice not to be a front office quant or, uh, or is it like um, the, the, the bank decides or... Uh, can you explain that that part? So you can apply to different positions, um, of course, in the bank, and then uh, depending what are your uh, your skills and your interests. Um, since uh, um, um, I would say my uh, better skills lie in uh, uh, in statistical analysis rather than uh, um, stochastic calculus, uh, I decided to apply for. Uh, uh, this type of job, but uh, this is because it aligned more with my interests and uh, and abilities. Okay, so if if we may say that your job focuses more about uh, let's say statistical models in terms of uh, um, actual statistics, and the the quant job uh, of a front office uh, trader would be more like uh, probabilistic and uh, evaluating. Um, the, the, the likelihood of the price of financial instruments over time? Yes, in some sense, uh, the front office quant often uses more uh, um, stochastic calculus to uh, implement uh, pricing models. Uh, whereas uh, in risk, uh, um, you spend uh, more time usually dealing with uh, probability and, um, and statistics uh, rather than implementing uh, new pricers. But yeah, it's, uh, it's along the line what you said.
Okay. Um, so thank you very much for en enlightening the, the abstract world of quantitative finance and explaining in a somewhat uh, simple way how mathematics helps you in your, uh, in your area of expertise. So finally, I, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about your future and your career. So firstly, what does it take to become a quant in a top tier bank like you? Is it fundamental to have a highly strong mathematical background and uh, mathematical abilities? Or does uh, an understanding of the theoretical aspects suffice? Uh, okay, uh, so I think having a good uh, grasp of maths uh, is important. But uh, being a quant means also spending a lot of time coding. Um, to become a quant, I'd say that you firstly need to prepare well. And uh, there are plenty of resources online and books that would, would help you. Could uh, you give the, the, the reference of a, a book that you liked? Um, yes. Even better than a book, I would suggest uh, there is a nice freely available PDF. It's called uh, quanti uh, Quantitative uh, Interview Quantitative Primer. Uh, I, ne I need to look up with the with the author uh, it's on on github uh, usually if you google it it should be like the first result and this would give you an idea of um, what to expect uh, when uh, applying for a job uh, as a quant uh, other books are um, 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 i think joshi has written a uh, uh, a nice book about quantitative finance, but it is, a, I would say, a quite advanced topic. So uh, maybe it's a book to consider only uh, when uh, you are about to embark on a on, on a master's. Uh, okay, well, well, like I, I will put the the reference of those uh, of those documents in the in the description of the the podcast. Okay. Um. I've also been meaning to, to ask you this since the beginning, but do, do you like your job and could you see yourself doing this for, for the rest of your life? <laughs> so that's uh, a very big question. So I, I do like my job. It's, uh, it's very interesting and uh, it offers a lot of challenges uh, that change from project to project. So. This novelty and uh, the constant stimulus, uh, I really like it. Uh, what I will do in, uh, in 10, 20 years, uh, I really don't know. But for the moment, uh, uh, I have to say that um, I, I'm happy with, with the choice that I've made to transition from physics to quantitative finance. Okay, great. Uh, so to conclude, could you give a piece of advice to a young student or a, a freshly graduated student who wants to delve deeper into this exciting world? Sure. So I think the, the best uh, uh, advice that I can give is uh, to try to get uh, an internship in, uh, in, in this field. There are various types of internship that last uh, that are as short as one week or uh, the normal ones are usually i think uh, around three months two or three months during the summer and uh, i would say uh, those are the best occasions um, to really 
get like a feeling of uh, what the job could be and if it is for you. And also those are a good, um, uh, give you the opportunity to talk to a lot of people. So look for internship and uh, yeah, maybe, maybe contact someone and, and apply for them. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Luca. Uh, it was a very interesting uh, discussion. Um, so I would say this is the end of the first episode of The Laws of Stan. Um, thank you very much. Is there anything that you would like to, to add to conclude this episode? No, I think that's it. Uh, thank you very much, Stan. Thank you, everyone, and see you in episode two.